Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Another uproar in three months. Greek Prime Minister Miriakos Mitsotakis called on the British Museum to return ancient Greek treasures, the Parthenon sculptures, during an interview with the BBC while visiting the United Kingdom. His remarks, however, prompted the British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak to cancel their meeting at the last minute, sparking a diplomatic row. Similar disputes over the restitution of looted artifacts by former colonizers or invaders to the country of provenance have been going on for years. China has also been calling for the return of stolen artifacts from museums in the West, but without much avail. Now, the latest incident concerning the Greek sculptures came weeks after a scandal broke out revealing long-term loopholes in the security and management of the British Museum, resulting in the loss of up to 2,000 artifacts from its stockage. We reached out to the British Museum for the very latest concern the Greek marbles and was given the latest response concerning the case. But what about the other artifacts, especially Chinese ones? What are the hurdles, including legal ones, in the process? Welcome to a special edition of The Point, an opinion show coming to you from Beijing. I'm Li Xin. I'm pleased to be joined from Athens, Greece, by Despina Kutsumba, Vice President of the Association of Greek Archaeologists. Also from Athens, Greece, by Stelios Virvidakis, President of the Steering Committee of the Center of Greek and Chinese Ancient Civilizations, who is also a Professor Emeritus of Philosophy at the University of Athens. Last but not least, I'm joined in Beijing by Huo Zhengxing, Professor at the China University of Political Science and Law. Gentlemen, welcome to the point. Now, as I said, we reached out to the British Museum and we were given a prompt reply, which says that the British Museum respond to our mail saying discussions with Greece about a Parthenon partnership are ongoing and constructive. We believe that this kind of long-term partnership will strike the right balance between sharing our greatest objects with audiences around the world and maintaining the integrity of the incredible collection we hold at the museum. Mr. Kotsumba, let me go to you first. How do you look at the reaction from the British Museum to our request for information, especially that they talk about their greatest objects, you know, they regard these marbles as their objects. I'm very concerned because the global opinion is against them now these days. And uh, the Parthenon Barbs have been a big discussion for many years, but this, this week was a global discussion. And I'm very concerned because the answer of the British Museum says to us that they can loan our own artifacts. They can loan to us, they are willing, they say we're willing to do something, but they are willing to loan uh, the sculpture of the Parthenon. You know, these uh, people call them marbles, but it's not marbles. It's uh, curved sculptures and parts of the part of the architecture of the monument. It's uh, the Parthenon monument that was these sculptures were curved on the monument. Uh, so they're not free sculptures from somewhere. Uh, they're part of the architecture. It's like if they took the door. If so they took the, so the, in the beginning, in the beginning, these sculptures were 
cut off and taken away yes. from the temple. Yes, they were cut off the temple and were taken away to uh, Britain. They dismantled the monument. It's not that, they, that Elgin found some marbles somewhere and took the marbles. They dismantled the monument. They destroyed the monument to take the architectural sculpture uh, back. So it's a, it's a matter of reunification of the monument. It's a matter of reunification of uh, the monument that is uh, the, the logo of the UNESCO. So it's a, it's a monument of global civilization. And this is how we have to deal with it. Of course, Parthenon is in Athens, it is in Greece. Uh, it's up to us to ask for, to speak for Parthenon because monuments have no voice. But it's a matter, it's not a, a Greek matter. It's mm -hmm. a matter of global civilization, the reunification of uh, the great monument. Mr. Vividakis, how do you look at the, uh, the optimism the British Museum is attaching to the discussion that, you know, this partnership, basically they're talking about the mutual loan or the loan program, is ongoing and constructive. They seem to think that that is the way to go. Well, this is, as uh, Ms. Kutsumba has just said, it's a matter of the integrity of the monument, and the British Museum spoke about the integrity of their collection. But what is more important, and what is the aesthetic and cultural argument, which is the strongest, in my opinion, is the integrity of the monument itself. Uh, the Parthenon, which, as Ms. Kusumba has just said, was dismantled or destroyed precisely by taking away a part of it. Now, how constructive this policy is and how optimistic we can be, here I don't know. I think it's a kind of diplomatic move on the part of the British Museum, which actually is, is much better and more clever than the childish reaction of the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister's you know, reaction was just a joke. I mean, I felt ashamed on his behalf. I mean, I, I couldn't believe that the prime minister would act in such a way. I mean, Rishi Sunak. The museum is pursuing a more clever policy. And this idea of having a loan or sharing is a way of avoiding the issue to some extent, you know, not accepting to give mm -hmm. this part of their collection back. Yeah. And, and, and as Ms. Kusumba said, we are not asking for a vase or, uh, you know, a separate article item, but we're asking for a part of a monument which is there. And I think that's more important than legal arguments, than moral arguments. Uh, it's a cultural, aesthetic argument, which I think is very, very strong. Well, let's take a look at exactly what the British Prime Minister said, Rishi Sunak. He said the UK has cared for the Elgin marbles, meaning the um, Paternon sculptures, for generations. Our galleries and museums are funded by taxpayers because they are a huge asset to this country. Professor Huo, what is your reaction to these words? Well, these words cannot justify the legitimacy of the procession of these Greek sculptures. Uh, when you visit the, the British Museum, you will find not only the Greek treasures there, but also the treasures from almost all the world, including the Chinese treasures. I believe that the British Museum should uh, reconsider its position and take actions to correct the wrongs and crimes that had committed during the colonial period. 
Ms. Vivi Dakis, this is a very important uh, piece of iconic art piece we are talking about. But there have been all kinds of discussion and uh, especially the legal hurdles saying you cannot trace, you cannot use the current law to go back to acts that happened before. And sometimes many of these artifacts have been changed hand for many, many times. So it is very difficult for one to decide exactly where they come from. So somehow it's a kind of money laundering or artifacts laundering that has taken place where a dirty piece became clean and therefore the museum or the art gallery that are possessing them, that are collecting them, cannot be held accountable. What is your reaction to these kind of arguments? Well, I'm afraid that I'm a little pessimistic. I mean, what uh, Mr. Hu has just said may be correct. I mean, the, the legal issue is very complicated. And as you said, we have to trace back to exactly when and where and how uh, an item was taken. Actually, in the case of the Elgin Marbles, we have a story and uh, th they argue that they had bought them somehow from the Ottoman uh, authorities. So that's legitimate, according to them. Now, there, there are disputes about exactly what kind of transaction that was of, of selling them. But I'm pessimistic, as I said, because there is a pragmatic argument, if you like, which they produce and which I find to some extent, you know, a strong argument in the sense that if the if museums all over the world start returning possessions and items that they possess illegally, if you like, I mean, I would accept that it was, they were not taken properly. It was the colonial, uh, you know, policy of, 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 of some big, you know, great powers of the time that, that led to this uh, uh, stealth, this taking away of treasures. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't think we can press such an argument because this would entail the giving away of Egyptian, Chinese, you know, all kinds of treasures should be returned to the countries of origin. That is practically out of the question. This cannot be done. But for some specific artifacts and, mm. and art objects, which are of specific symbolic significance, or as uh, uh, in the case of the marbles, as uh, Ms. Kutsumba explained, they are part, part of a whole. So there, I think our case is much stronger. Mm. I don't know if there are Chinese articles of, of such a kind, yeah. if there are Chinese parts of, of a bigger monument, you know, sculptures that are cut out mm -hmm. of, of, a, of a hole. The, there, there, I think you can make a, a better case. You, mm -hmm. you, you can argue with better chances of succeeding. Yeah. Ms. Kutumba, what is your reaction to this question? What exactly are countries asking for? All of the pieces that have been taken from the country or really the most significant ones? And is it doable? Uh, first of all, I want to say an argument about the the legal thing, the, the British say, the Rishi Sunak said that it's illegal they, the, that they possess it. But all this happened in 1801, in the beginning of the 19th century. There was no Greek state at that time. It was 20 years before the Greek Revolution. We, we were under the Ottoman Empire. The British claimed that uh, Elgin took uh, permission by the Ottoman Empire, which permission in the research project we found it was not uh, real, but okay, let's say it was fake, but okay, let's say it had 
a rule. In uh, 1801, also, the slavery was legal in Britain. Could any British person say now, yes, it's okay that they kill people because slavery was legal? It's the same thing, dismantling a monument, destroying a monument of global uh, culture is something that we have to see with the eyes of 2023, or with the eyes of the legal frame of UNESCO uh, after the 70s. So we're discussing now. We're not in 1801 discussing, even though, even then, even in 1801, there were many people that were uh, against Elgin for the destruction mm -hmm. of Parthenon, even, even on these days. Mm -hmm. But today we have to discuss with the, what archaeology, museology, yeah. and uh, the UNESCO chair says about today. So, on your question, yeah. we archaeologists believe that everything should go back to their birthplaces and that the museums now, today, even for the ICOM, the global a committee for the museums have to be decolonized and right. they have to be uh, modern like, institutions yeah. uh, with uh, cultural exchanges between the countries but not illicit trading. Let's take a closer look at the Elgin marbles and it's very interesting we've been talking about Elgin Elgin exactly where that word come from if you read a little bit the history you will see that it comes from a family the Earl of Elgin and uh, actually it's a father and one of his sons, the British Lord Thomas Bruce, which is the seventh Earl of Elgin and ambassador to the Ottoman Empire, stole or took the marbles or spirited them away, whichever way you want to put it, from Greece and brought it to the UK. Now his son, James Bruce, the eighth Earl of Elgin, was a diplomat for Britain in China during the Second Opium War. That's around the 1850s and the 1860s. Now James Bruce was the one who ordered the complete destruction of the Yuan Mingyuan Gardens, known once as the Versailles of the Orient. It took three days to burn down the entire estate, and it's still today for everybody to see. That happened on October the 18th, 1860. Professor Huo, how come such a family can go around and take things like that? Let's reflect the situation in the 19th century as a famous French author, Huipo uh, said in a public letter that two robbers break into the museum, laughing hand in hand, and they taken out all the treasures from this museum. And they called themselves civilized persons and robbed so-called barbarian countries. So this French author hoped that in the future, in one day, the French government will feel guilty and return to the treasures that they plundered from China. So 19th century witnessed the misfortunes of the countries like China and Greece. We all suffered a very similar experience when these Western powers plundered many items of these cultural treasures from our country. So I think now it's 21st century. I think it's time that these international community, especially these Western powers in the, in the past, to reconsider what they have done to the people like Greek people and Chinese people one social media comment really touched a lot of people here in China, which says you cannot walk out of a Chinese exhibition in the British Museum smiling for a Chinese. Because one of the top 10 precious items is the 
admonitions scroll, which the British Museum says it purchased from Captain Clarence Johnson, uh, who lived from 1870 to 1937, who was in Beijing in 1900 during the Boxer Rebellion. Originally, this was a hand scroll, and the painting was cut into three, which nearly destroyed the painting by the museum and it was mounted onto panels in 1914. The scrolls were eventually repaired and survived, but for the safety of the scrolls, they are only on display for six weeks a year, and these scrolls were believed to date back to 4th century or 7th century. Um, Mr. Vavidakis, how do you look at the pains that the Chinese modern-day Chinese are feeling when they see one of their most precious objects being on display in the British Museum and on display on display as a treasure of the British Museum and not having any chance at least until this day to have a return to China well I can I can only you know sympathize with this attitude now not being Chinese I don't, I cannot understand the depth of these feelings of uh, you know, anger and, uh, you know, resentment from the fact of China has suffered so much under uh, Western uh, powers. Uh, you know, I know your history, you know, only partly. And from the things I have read and reports, I can understand why people may be feeling, may have such strong feelings. Now, in Greece, things may, may be slightly different because although we have suffered from these Western powers. It is also true, it's a very complicated story. It's also true that there were many Philelines, uh, a British and French and German people who supported the Greek cause against the Ottoman Empire. I mean, Greece was under the Ottoman Empire for 400 years, and there was more resentment, if you like, and uh, you know, more anger towards the, the, the Ottoman authorities. And so when the revolution that uh, Ms. Kutsumba mentioned uh, took place, uh, the War of Independence, you may call it, 1821, I mean, there were many people in Britain who supported the Greek cause, and among them, Lord Byron, who was a poet, mm -hmm. who also argued that the, the marbles, should, the, the sculptures should be returned to Greece. And, and he accused the robbers, you know, the people who took them away of, 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 of being robbers and, 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 and thieves. So our reaction is slightly different because we have these mixed feelings, if you like. Now in China, I can understand that the way that the British and, 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 and the Germans and the French behaved and, you know, the Boxer War and, and all, you know, the, the China story may make Chinese people uh, more sensitive in a different way towards the big colonial powers of the West. I mean, Greece is a special case. It's at the crossroads between East and West and had invaders from both sides, if you like. Well, the 
Admonitions scroll is only one of the artifacts. It's believed that there are 23,000 pieces from China uh, right now in the British Museum in room 33. If you go next, you might want to check that out. Not saying everything is stolen, but a lot of the artifacts there see their origin from China. For instance, the scroll and then paintings from the Dunhuang Morgao cave. Uh, some of them were taken out of the mural, out of the wall and transported to the UK. And then we also have the David vases, a huge vases from Yuan Dynasty dating back to the 14th century. Uh, Ms. Kutsumba, how do you look at the kind of uh, difficulties that countries have been encountering in calling for these artifacts to be returned to their countries of uh, provenance? There are many difficulties, but this is why our countries, China and Greece and Egypt and Turkey, are ahead of the demanding uh, or back of the cultural uh, goods and uh, uh, are cooperating uh, for were cooperating for many years in unesco and uh, we had many 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 opportunities first of all you know illicit trading now we fight illicit trading we have supporters in fighting illicit trading uh, we, we made some uh, progress with interpol uh, with the uh, New York uh, attorney's office and uh, now it's more difficult for the looters of course we, the looting hasn't ex we haven't uh, get rid of the looting and especially in uh, places where there are wars unfortunately still today when there is a war there is illicit trading of cultural goods from many many countries and this is a problem but uh, we are in a better condition for this for today's trade trading. And this is because of the efforts of our countries, of China, of Greece, of Italy, of Egypt, I say Turkey, and we're cooperating in this. And we can manage more, I think, for all these uh, things. Yeah, well, some of the people, especially online comments, do point out some of uh, the arguments supporting the British side, supporting the British Museum. For instance, this one says to all the haters here who never been in the British Museum but have learned language of the nations, which you now hate so much. Of course, he's talking about the Chinese uh, online community here. Think for a minute about what would be with all these exhibits in the museum if they haven't been stolen by Brits in the past. 99% of them would be destroyed by the owner nations or during the wars. It is sad, but true, that crime saved it. Professor Huo, what is your reaction? Well, this is one of the uh, major arguments to oppose the restitution by these Western museums. Well, in the past, this, I think it may sound well, but you know, as you mentioned just now, uh, during re recent years, and especially in this August, the uh, British Museum lost almost 2,000 items from its stock. So I don't think that this can be an argument that be used to refuse the uh, restitution uh, of the cultural treasures from the countries of the region. And nowadays, you know, more and more countries of the region like China and uh, Greece, we have built a modern museum and we have uh, the capacities and we have the uh, techniques to preserve and to studies mm -hmm. and to 
you know, repair these items. So I think that these arguments no longer hold any hold, hold order. Well, one of the points that the British Prime Minister was making that the, 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 the British government or the British people paid for many years to maintain, to repair these exhibits. Actually, the one of the University of Edinburgh, I believe, also talked about if these artifacts return to the countries of prominence, will there be a good environment to preserve them? Mr. Vavodakis, what is your reaction? Well, it is true that there is pollution, and in Athens there is pollution, but there have been measures to protect the monuments. And now we have, as uh, Mr. Huo said, we have uh, excellent museums where these monuments can be protected. Actually, you can argue that the British themselves had intervened and that, you know, the way they scrubbed the certain, you know, statues and, 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 and sculptures, they, they destroyed part of them, you know, aspects of them, which wouldn't have happened if had they stayed in Greece. But in any case, I think that uh, all these arguments about uh, uh, what is happening now are different from the past. And so we can, I think Mr. Hu said that, that, that things today are much different, much more different mm -hmm. than what they were many years ago with wars and with uh, different situations. The pollution issue is serious, but the Greek government is taking measures mm -hmm. to protect uh, you know, monuments in different places, and in, in open sites also. Yeah. Well, the pollution situation in China has improved greatly. I don't think there is any problem at all if such marbles were to be kept in a Chinese open-air museum. There would be any uh, danger of erosion. Anyway, there have been successful cases of restitution, which we haven't had the time to highlight. For instance, marble columns returned from Norway to the um, Yuan Garden, for instance, the Glasgow Museum returned Benin bronzes to India this year. Cambridge University returned looted Benin bronze artifacts to Nigeria. And uh, art seized by French soldiers were returned to Benin in 2021. The Vatican also returned yes. the parts of sculptures to Greece. Yeah. As yeah. a gift, we have to say. So it happens. It can happen. It's just whether there is that yes, recognition. There is that will. Many thanks to my guests, Despina Kutsumba, Stelios Vividakis, and Professor Huo Zhenxing, joining me from Athens and Beijing. And with that, we come to this end of the special edition of The Point with me, Lu Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lu Xin in Beijing. You've got the point. With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts.